Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 32. Husband and wife off-duty police officers stop armed robbery and new Portland police policies prevent Glenn Rally, from Louisville, Kentucky. WDRB2 off-duty Elizabeth Town police officers were having dinner at Raising Canes on Bardstown Road, when they stopped an armed robbery. It is just what needed to be done, that's how Elizabeth Town police detective Chase McEwen describes his actions, as well as those of his wife, Officer Nicole McEwen, when they stopped an accused robber at a Raising Canes restaurant in Louisville's Highlands neighborhood on Saturday. His comments came during an informal news conference held at the Elizabeth Town Police Department Tuesday morning to recognize the officers. The off-duty officers with the Elizabeth Town Police Department had only been married for six months, when they decided to visit the Raising Cane's restaurant in Louisville for a date night. At our church, we've been focusing on marriage, Chase McEwen said, adding that his church emphasizes having a date night once a week, Nicole said the decision to eat there was a no-brainer as it was the first place they ate after their wedding, but both officers say they didn't expect what happened next, according to an arrest report, 30-year-old Justin Carter walked into the restaurant wearing a mask, police say he pointed a gun at the cashier and demanded cash, I think we kind of both saw him at the same time, Nicole McEwen said, knowing that it was flu season, Nicole says she thought at first that Carter might be sick, but as she continued to watch, she realized there was something more sinister happening, that's when she turned to her husband, I looked at him and said, that's kind of odd, both officers realized the restaurant was being robbed, Nicole said her husband Chase was going to take Carter on by himself, so he handed her his cell phone and told her to call 911, but she wasn't about to sit on the sidelines, no, I'm gonna help my husband. She said, surveillance video shows what happened next, with weapons drawn, both officers rush to confront Carter, he can be seen dropping the weapon and running out the door, but the husband and wife duo pursued him, they held him at gunpoint a few blocks away until LMPD officers arrived to arrest him, Carter has since pleaded not guilty to robbery, receipt of stolen property and being a felon in possession of a gun. Dan Mason of the Louisville Metro Police Department's robbery unit applauded both officers for their bravery, saying they acted honorably and heroically. We are police officers 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, on or off duty, a representative of Raising Canes was on hand to thank the officers, we are extremely blessed that they chose to dine with us, she said, adding that, it's because of good people like Chase and Nicole who give us good hope for tomorrow, we'll never be able to thank them enough, for his part, Chase McEwen said the attention was a little overwhelming, maybe it's the term hero, he said, we don't feel that way. We just feel like our training kicked in, Nicole said there's a pretty good chance they'll be enjoying raising canes again. From Portland, Oregon, Pamplin Media reports the organizer of a planned protest outside City Hall was told something unusual recently by the Portland police, he was told no, the cancellation of a planned February 8 protest by a former Ku Klux Klan leader came after Portland Police Bureau declined his repeated requests that officers promise specific steps to keep him and any attendees safe, police reports and interviews show, an avowed white supremacist rally at Lonesdale Square near City Hall downtown was sure to make national headlines of the sort that the Portland leaders don't like and the story of the KU Klux Klan rally that never happened may shed light on a new police resistance to such protests, in the past, 
Right-wing would-be leaders have seemingly exploited clashes with Portland left-wing counter-protesters as a tactic to raise their profile, intentionally walking into hostile crowds to spark a backlash that is captured on video, often turning violent. Such protests have fueled millions of dollars of expenses in police overtime, Stephen Shane Howard, the would-be Klan organizer, called the outcome of his canceled rally a win in a recent interview citing the videos of black-masked counter-protesters engaged in violent behavior, including obscene graffiti on a war memorial in Lonesdale Square, that hit social media later that day. He said he lost money organizing the event, but told the Portland Tribune he considered it an investment in starting this group back up again, adding you've got to spend money to make money, but reading the police report, it's unclear whether the police believed Howard intended to ever actually hold his rally noting that he refused to say how many people were coming and what their plans were, adding to the uncertainty around Howard's plans is his history. He once claimed to have left the KU Klux Klan to move to Washington state, but also has said he intends to establish a Pacific Northwest branch, and at least one past protest that he tried to organize never happened. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, Howard, for his part, denies several aspects of the police report documenting conversations with him. For instance, that he doesn't have an address in Vancouver, that he flew in from out of town in advance of the rally, that he intended to fly KU Klux Klan members in from other states and that he has a warrant out for his arrest in the state of Washington, I don't know where that's coming from, he said. On December 26 Howard called the phone of the communications director of the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office to say that he was holding a rally, a few days later. The message was forwarded to the Portland Police Bureau, the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office and Mayor Ted Wheeler's Communications Office, that a man identifying himself as associated with the North Mississippi White Knights of the KU Klux Klan was planning a rally outside the Multnomah County Courthouse to protest the city's policies on immigration, according to the Bureau report documenting interactions with Howard. Howard also called the Portland Tribune with the same information. Portland police opened up a report on the upcoming rally, citing Howard's past activities and suggesting he was a catalyst for confrontation and violence at a March 2017 rally in Lake Oswego. Given the likelihood of violence at a right-wing protest designed to draw counter-protesters, I believe there is reasonable grounds to document my findings and seek further information that can seek to uphold all individuals' First Amendment's rights and maintaining all participants' safety wrote Officer Andrew Hurst. On January 7, the Portland police went to an address in Camas they found for Howard, only to find he no longer lived there. They contacted the Camas police, who told them that there is an active warrant out for his arrest for violating a restraining order filed by his ex-wife. According to the report, the next day they contacted Howard, a diesel mechanic, by phone. He said he was currently in Mississippi, as his job takes him all over the country but he intended to fly out to Portland on January 14 and then stay in Vancouver, Washington, with some members of the European Kindred White Supremacist Group, or EK. According to the report, Howard told me for his event he wanted to make a statement that the KU Klux Klan was in Portland, the report said. Howard told me he had already notified all the large local news outlets such as KGW, Coin and Katu of the event. Howard told me he will be flying in about three other clan members to attend the event and will be having EK as security. Howard told me they would be wearing military fatigues and not in robes. Howard, asked about his plans to fly into Portland in January, 
to fly in 3K Ku Klux Klan members and have EK function as security, denied that any of those were true, where is this coming from? I never said that, he told the Tribune, adding that he lives in Vancouver, totally false, did I try to get in touch with members of EK? Yeah, do I know members of EK? Yeah, on January 28th, responding to police attempts to get information on his rally, Howard said he believes approximately 50 people will attend, according to a summary of the conversation recorded by Officer Hurst, Howard requested security assistance getting he and his group to the courthouse and away, Howard told me if police do not provide security assistance, he and his group will come armed, on February 3rd, five days before the scheduled rally. Howard called police again to request a meeting, saying he wants to make sure law enforcement has a plan for his demonstration to be safe, such as areas blocked off in the buffer zone between him and counter-demonstrators, Howard told me he does not plan to back out of the demonstration, but would not tell me how many people he believes will be attending nor their plans while at the courthouse, Hearst, the police officer wrote that he informed Howard that the city of Portland passed a resolution this past year condemning white supremacist groups, saying that the city of Portland is proud to be a welcoming city, a sanctuary city and an inclusive city for all, and our values are rooted in peace, respect, inclusivity and equity, Howard interrupted me, commenting that was true unless you're a white person proud of your nation, Hearst wrote, adding that Howard asked the cop to detail how his right to protest would be protected. Hearst said a protest liaison officer would be in touch, it appears that conversation didn't go Howard's way, on February 5th, he texted a reporter that the police were not going to escort him to and from the rally, and wouldn't promise to keep a buffer area from protesters, if they, the police, will only get involved if a crime is committed, that's stupid for me to walk into that, he wrote, asked about his claims, the Portland police confirmed them. We do not provide private security for individuals or groups. Our responsibility is to reasonably protect public safety and restore peace and order, said Tina Jones, a Portland police spokesperson. In an email, Howard claims he moved his rally up to 7 a.m. to avoid a left wing counter protest, but he decided to cancel at the last minute on the advice of his lawyer. Instead, he said, he attended a cookout in Richfield, Washington. The treatment of Howard comes in contrast to past criticisms of Portland police, including some city commissioners, suggesting they were too cordial to right-wing protesters. In response, Portland police have said they talk to anyone who will talk to them, with the aim of trying to minimize violence, asked whether Mayor Ted Wheeler's office weighed in on the handling of Howard's requests. A spokesperson declined to answer the question. Though Howard did not show up on February 8, others did, including about 200 protesters, many wearing black anti-fascist, or Antifa-style masks, police seemed to show little sympathy for those who appeared to try to provoke them, and three arrests were made, you should probably leave, because we're leaving, live streamer Brandon Brown was told by an officer dressed in riot gear, according to video of the encounter, Brown, who has filmed and attended Patriot Prayer events since 2018 was surrounded by a crowd dressed in black shortly thereafter, with some in the masked cluster appearing to recognize him, another video shows Brown being sprayed with orange liquid at close range, then stumbling blindly toward a group of bike officers clustered near the 7-Eleven at Southwest 4th and Taylor, why did you walk back in there, sir? One bike cop asks Brown incredulously, the videographer was one of three people treated by authorities for exposure to pepper spray that day. 
This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org.